listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Hey everybody, this is a podcast and that means it's free, but it's not free to make. Sometimes we need money. If you want to give us money, you can do that on patreon.com slash 9to5cc. And if you don't, it's okay, this podcast is still free. And it's called the 9to5 Entertainment System. Scott isn't here, so John will talk now. Yeah, today we talk about Game of Thrones and the end of it. True Detective Season 3, Avengers Endgame, and The Thing. And we do not talk about many things in this episode. Nope, talk about them a lot, though. Hey! Uh, no, we talked about that last time. That's what we talked about that last time. Bohemian <laughs> Rhapsody. No, Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, <laughs> what's up, John? I think we did talk about if it was real life... Also, I mean, and it certainly, I believe we landed on was not correct that the Bohemian Rhapsody film was not real life. It's the Monday after the most anticipated uh, television series finale, I guess, probably what of the last like 10, 15 years, maybe. I don't okay, know. Okay, the the one before you you have you'd start with um, the Sopranos would be the big finale. I mean, definitely Perhaps by HBO. Breaking standards, yeah. Bad would mm-hmm. be another one. Close. Um, I, I still think that this is above that. I would say it's above Breaking Bad too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would say it's even. It, Sopranos may be close, but I think that even then, it, no, no, no. Sopranos might have even been bigger. No, I don't think so. Sopranos was enormous, dude. Everybody watched that. Let's let's look up some numbers on this well-researched podcast that we uh-huh. do. We're talking, of course, of the Game of Thrones <laughs> uh, series finale. Yeah, uh, Sopranos series. You know, I, it's funny that I'm okay to talk about this. That maybe it's my old age creeping in, but I kind of just don't care about having it spoiled. I'm like excited to, to read it when it happens, you know, or to see it if I decide to watch it in the mm-hmm. end. But um, I kind of like don't care about being spoiled. In a uh, sense. So it unseated uh, The Sopranos. Yep. Wow. Uh, yep. Thirteen point six to Sopranos thirteen point four. So that's intense. And that now it's the biggest, right? Yeah, it yeah, is. It's sure. the single most watched episode of anything. Uh, of HBO. HBO's most watched single episode. And oh no! Whoa! Crap! So the series finale apparently was 19.3 million viewers. That's it? Yep. I mean, but that's... Keep in mind... It's just HBO. This is just HBO. This isn't counting all the people picking it up. Or torrenting it. Streams later, (laughs) torrenting later, and whatever. Like, that is... For a cable? Like, that's not network, right? Right. But that still doesn't even... That doesn't even scratch, uh, like, most watched finales of all time. Like... Friends. Let's... Seinfeld. Like, they gotta have bigger numbers than that. Right, uh, the number one though is can you can you name it? Friends and Seinfeld? Okay, they're number four and five for the most watched series finales ever. Whoa! So there are three above them. Uh, I'll give you, I guess, a clue. That I feel like this should be obvious. Uh, one of them, yeah, was in the '90s. One was in the '80s, and one was in the '60s. Is it counting talk shows? Like if it's a no. Tonight Show anchor that? No, 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 no. no. Well, these are these are the most watched series finales. I don't know; they're not the most watched television events because that would always okay. be like Super Bowl. Or whatever, care. give it to me. Uh, number three was the 1967 conclusion to The Fugitive. Uh, a really, 78 million people tuned in to watch the end of The Fugitive to see what would happen. to Dude, Richard we have a fucking homework assignment. <laughs> One of us has got to watch some of The Fugitive. It and it's I believe it was only like a, it's it was just a two parter, right? It was like part one, part two. Yeah, but it was still like. That's insanity. Like, that was... Keep in mind, that was 78 million people. That was 2 million more people than watched the end of Seinfeld in 1998. That is wild. Like, I mean, I get... But, I mean, like, you can make the argument, too, that there was, like, three channels at the time, right? Like, so it's, like, was that as much of an accomplishment? Like, if you take a look at the old, like, Doctor Who episodes and then it being... They were routinely having, like, 20 million people in Britain. When they were just... Because there was just the BBC. Yeah. (laughs) You're not watching the BBC. Yeah. Because... It's what's on. It's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There aren't even numbered BBCs <laughs> at this point. Uh, yeah, Friends, you okay. mentioned. Yeah. That was number five. Yeah. That was 52.5 million. Yeah. But I remember that that wasn't, that wasn't actually the highest rated episode of Friends. The highest ra- rated episode of Friends was the one that played after the Super Bowl. In fact, yeah. called the one after the Super Bowl. Amazing. And I think that was like almost 100 million people because it had like a – it was Friends and it had a Super Bowl lead in. Yeah. So all you had to do was just like not change the channel because like – 200, 300 million people watch the Super Bowl or whatever, right? Like, it's insane. Okay, number two. So that mm-hmm. was number three. Uh, number two, you, I think, might have said, uh, with a whopping 80.4 million viewers, mm-hmm. cheers, 1993. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a lot of people. But all of these, huh. 
are crushed. Absolutely crushed. Which not only was the most watched episode, like series finale, was in fact the most watched episode, most watched television event ever, mm-hmm. beating even the Super Bowl until t- 2010. Okay. Mash. 105.9 million viewers watched Goodbye, Farewell, and Amen. The final episode of MASH. What year was that? 1983. That's probably half the population of America. Yeah, watching the last right? MASH. Not far off. That's unbelievable. Yeah, that that's like... And like even the Super Bowl... Like, and these are these are United States viewers, not, yeah, not worldwide. Yeah. So yeah, the Super Bowl only managed to pass it in 2010 with 106 million viewers. Huh. But it was the most watched television event of all time was the final MASH. It's fascinating that it's not more modern. I guess the, the, like, the wider availability of channels and stuff, it dilutes... Right, I mean, like, I think, viewers, the, yeah. I think, like, without a doubt, Game of Thrones is probably the biggest television event, certainly probably of the 2000s or whatever. I mean, minus Super Bowl, <laughs> as we said. But, like, but again, it's only 20 million because it's, like, a premium cable channel. It's up against right. a bunch of right. a bunch of other things. But yeah, Well, so, anyhow, people people pissed, huh? Yeah, I think they're babies. Yeah. I mean, I like I said, the, the biggest thing, and I kind of touched on this, I think, last time we talked about Game of Thrones. The mm-hmm. last... The biggest thing that pissed me off about this season was that it just felt very rushed. Right. Like, the actual decisions... I mean, like, if we're going to get into spoilers here, I suppose we can. Spoiler. Spoiler away. Um, so, everybody got, I think, the most upset by episode five, where Daenerys just kind of goes nuts and burninates uh, right. King's right. Landing, killing even the women and the children, just like Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. Uh, which I don't, and everyone's like, well, she wouldn't do that. And then she was like a, a breaker of. No, that's she's a Targaryen. Like, how much more foreshadowed does the well, does the heel turn and, Targaryen? And like, not only foreshadowed by the fact that she's a Targaryen. Like, I was like foreshadowed by the fact that like she has said in a number of rousing speeches that she will burn their cities and do whatever. Yeah. Like, like, and you always kind of they're like, yeah, but only if there's real, only if there's bad guys in it. But I'm like, she has mentioned in previous seasons, like we will sail west and burn their cities. So and, like, when, it, when say, this happens in the book. Also, you're going to have, like, hundreds of pages of exposition from her perspective, like, building up and, like, reinforcing yeah, why this makes sense. Yeah, and, f- and furthermore, yeah. I, I think that the books are already doing a better job. Like, as a reader of the book, you already get offend- get the idea that, like, she's not 100% yeah. like, great yeah, at decisions sure. and stuff. And, like, like, and it's certainly there in the, in the show as well. But I, I was, like, I always felt that, like, her being... Like tilting towards a little bit of like the crazy like fanatical side of things, and like I was born to do this, and this is my birthright, and I can literally make no mistakes. Mm-hmm. That comes off in the books, I think, more clearly than it did in the show. Like the show kind of painted her as this okay. as this heroic figure. But anyway, but and I mean, and then they kill her friend, and then they. Uh, she also, I think, th- I think there's even almost like I said, a logical reason, logical reason, or at least a. A reason that would justify the action to a crazy person, which right. would be that she um, is not loved in this land of Westeros. She's come in with a bunch of foreigners. She's sacking cities and whatever. Uh, her one chance where she did kind of run a town, she ran Marine, mm-hmm. and they were like even the slaves that she freed were like rising up against her because she couldn't like feed them properly because she was not like okay okay anyway so this the heel turn made sense the heel turn what, made were sense. were there other things that pissed people off the thing I mean Jamie Lannister did not have a redemption storyline instead he went back to try to save his sister and they both died together that's which, amazing it, wait, exactly yeah. like, which I mean is like understandably like I mean as a viewer I too was upset at the character of Jamie. But I believe the writer's intent was to have me upset at the character of Jamie. Like you want him to have redeemed totally. himself. Like that's what you want for that's, the. Dude. What a twist! That's delicious. It's like it's not a twist that he does. It's like a twist that he doesn't redeem himself, mm. right? Well, and furthermore, I mean, like yeah. it's one of those things where, um, like, a lot of people were like, he says this line in the in the, in the fifth episode where he's like, oh, "I never cared for the small folk or whatever," and people were like, oh, "But you killed the Mad King." To to save the small folk, I'm like, did he? Because I was like, there's that whole bit that he was sitting on the Iron Throne when Robert and his buddies came in. I'm yeah. like, at the very least, if it wasn't to take the throne, it was certainly like the Lannisters benefited a great deal from him killing the Mad King. Like, it, is, it was also twenty year old cocky make a name for himself, absolutely. Jamie Lannister. You know? Like, and you could argue that all of his actions, even his heroic actions, have always been to serve his family. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think that he would want, he wants to be. A better dude, but at the end of the day, he is incestuous with his sister, and, and he's his Tywin's son, first. and he's Tywin's son. But you know what I mean? Like, so, like, yeah, he'll go north and fight the Night King. But I mean, if nobody does, well, then there isn't even anything to rule. Like, almost all of his decisions you could put through the lens of, I think he does want to be a hero, but I think that he would 
ne- like there's a difference between doing the right thing and doing the right thing and acting against your family. Right. Whereas I believe that he will try to do the right thing, but he will never go against his family. Okay, so Jamie, so Jamie anyway, so good Jamie, twist. I like it. I like twist. it a lot. The, the thing that has pissed me off the most about the basically the entire sixth season, other than it being rushed, which yeah. it very much is, is that Tyrion's an idiot. Really? Like, like Tyrion goes from being the smartest character in the show to just making stupid, like ill ill-advised decision after ill-advised decision, believing in people who he shouldn't believe in, like being like, oh, maybe my sister will help us, and oh, my brother, this and that, like, and then like, oh, maybe Daenerys will forgive me for treason, a little light treason, huh. and then like, oh, like sells out Varys, and then like, it's just like, you're like, what is up, Tyrion? Huh. <laughs> you know, like that I feel is more frustrating than the big two of like characters not getting the story arc that we wanted i was like Tyrion right. being what, what kind of happens to him in the end uh he becomes the hand to brand the broken right yeah, yeah. now that's the big one i sent i sent that little thing yeah, that yeah. somebody posted making yeah. fun of that whole thing yeah let's just make this little cripple boy a king of everything king of them all yeah. <laughs> well i mean again i think that it, this might happen in the books and they did not so there's there's some Jesus stuff okay. going on, <laughs> I think. And in terms of, like, if the book heads that way, yeah. and even if you sort of re- know what you have in the books and you know what you have in the Night King or whatever, yeah. which is where if the Three-Eyed Raven is, in fact, the Lord of Light, right? Okay. So there's a, like, a, it's a pretty, like, kind of if if and then uh, sort of thing. If you're, sure. like, the Lord of, like... The Night King is the Lord of Darkness, yeah. and then he wants to kill the Three-Eyed Raven. Why would he want to kill the Three-Eyed Raven? But it's like it's not insane to imagine that the Three-Eyed Raven is actually the Lord of Light, sort of operating on a little bit more of a, a low-key form okay. than, say, the Night King. Low-key? We'll talk about that yeah, later. No, it's pretty good. <laughs> uh, so you could kind of argue that he is, will be a better ruler, and potentially he even always wanted to rule, but could not rule until mm-hmm. the threat of the Night King was neutralized. Right. Right. Furthermore, uh, you can kind of say that even like that he would always need to be north beyond the wall, sort of keeping an eye on that threat until that threat was removed. So this entire thing might be the Three-Eyed Raven's plan. Like even there's a line in the show where he was just sort of like he's like I he's like I know you don't want it or whatever else like that, but like would you be our king? And Bran just like kind of like has a little smirk and he's like, I think I would have come down here for nothing. Like this was absolutely what the Three-Eyed Raven foresaw. Huh. You know, like, this wasn't a, like, whoa, moo, me. Right. You know, like, so I don't think it, it's a little bit of a curveball. And, again, I believe the books will probably. Is, how grown up is he when when this happens? Like, is he still a little boy actor? No, he's. I mean, you kind of get the impression that he's in his late teens or whatever. But he's okay. done a very good job of, like, embodying the Three-Eyed Raven and being kind of, like, this, like, in his wheelchair and being, like, a little old and mystical and wise beyond his years. Huh. Like, he is absolutely not Bran Stark anymore in this Right. form and it's like and like Tyrion says he's like he has literally the some history of mankind in his brain right he will he, there's no one who can learn better who knows our mistakes better than we can who can like subsequently actually like make the correct decisions and, and then apparently there's an election of sorts uh well they basically said that the kings are going to be picked by the the nobility now from now on so, <laughs> it's, so it's not just going to be like the king's son automatically goes it's like the next in line will be chosen by the the families of westeros hmm. and then uh, also sansa refuses to bend the knee so uh it's of the six kingdoms not the seven the north remains free because hmm. she's like yeah no dice which i mean also i mean they were they're kind of the they're like the, the scotland or Texas. <laughs> no, I'm saying, but they were like the last to join the, the Confederation of Westeros, right? Right, like, right. So, yeah, stuff like that. Okay, none of that's... It's not the worst. The finale, I think, did, much like I think what we're going to talk about next, had yeah. a lot of pieces in play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously they trimmed down a bunch of it. And like I think the, the finale wrapped up about the as best as they could most of the, most of the weird lo- major loose ends. Like, I mean, like they ignored... The uh, the comet or whatever, <laughs> yeah. Like remember, it just com- never came back. Never came back. But like it was in the show in early seasons. Yeah. There was like the red yeah. comet kind of in the sky. Whatever. It might just be important. You know, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, and the book theories kind of have it going that it is the comet's proximity that lets the Night King rise and lets the dragons hatch and all that stuff. Like there's that huh. kind of huh. Huh. that the comet is. The, the thing the, that sort the, of reignites the magic, the magic. of Westeros. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, but better just ignore that. Like, Dorn, there's a, du- there's a dude who is clearly Dornish at the little council meeting at the mm-hmm. end. And they're sort of like, hey, Dorn is still a country. <laughs> like, 
it's still around. Yeah. Because they wrote out all of the characters. They killed off everybody. They, carried off, they killed off, like, all the Martells somewhere in, like, season five or six. They were just like, forget Dorian. Yeah, exactly. They are just sort of like, confusing. People are not, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I mean, and they kind of, like, even in the books when they show up, like, they only really, like, arrive in book four and you're sort of like, what? Okay, I guess. Like, you yeah. you get to know them, but it was, like, weird when they showed up in the show, and then I think they realized they were writing a show and not a sprawling thousand-page Fantasy. Book. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yep. So I think, I think trimming, down, trimming down the cast is something I'll never, like, fault the show for, because it's a huge, sprawling cast. Totally. It can be confusing. Okay, okay. So do you, do you, what do you give Game of Thrones at the end? On the, on the TV scale of things, how does it sit compared to, like, Lost? Oh, or geez. Seinfeld. Like, okay, like or, it's significantly better than Lost, right? Like yeah. it was someone someone wrote this thing or whatever where they were just like they're like people who are complaining about the season finale clearly forgot. <laughs> well, no, no, no. It was it clearly never saw like Dexter drive his boat into his hurricane with his dead <laughs> sister on the boat when he left his son with a known serial killer and then lived the rest of his days as a lumberjack, <laughs> like which is like the ending of Dexter. You're like, yeah. What? Yeah, exactly. So like yeah. in terms of. Wrapping it up, uh, the show is absolutely worthwhile of watching yeah, it. Right. Uh, I think it goes south when they run out of source material and they're just kind of doing the best they can. Not south, but like it goes from like 10 on 10 to like somewhere between a 7 and an 8 on 10. Mm-hmm. And I mean, in this last last season, like I didn't hate it. It was just very rushed. And the reason I think the stuff that I did hate were the fact that the first two episodes are just kind of getting the cast together and a lot of talking points. I'm like, if you only have six, hmm. you burned two full episodes on, like, people kind of getting together at Winterfell to make the last stand against the Night King. Like, you could have lopped one of the, merged those two episodes, had the battle be your second, and then you would have had an extra hour. I, of- read, I read some people criticizing that everybody lives, or everybody important lives, you know? Well- and so it kind of it kind of feels like all of that all that emotional investment time you spend with the characters you're kind of expecting well, to. Well, I mean, everybody lives. Who's yeah. like everybody? I don't know. I, I mean, mean, like two the two major Lannisters die. The only surviving okay. Lannister of the entire family is Tyrion, right? Like that entire family is wiped out now, like a hundred percent. And I mean, like two, three, four Starks are uh, dead. Even Lancel and the, like, the other... Oh, yeah, they all blew up in the Sept when... Because uh, Lancel joined the Sparrows and... Yep. Uh, What's-her-name? Cersei blew up the, the Sept and took out all of the Sparrows and the Tyrells in one big explosion. At least all of the nobility, except for the uh, Grandmother Rose, whatever, Queen of Thorns. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, like, that entire... And then they, they got the Queen of Thorns what later. Bitch. Yeah, and then they kill the Queen of Thorns later. So that's what I'm saying. When they're like, everybody lives. I was like, man, they did trim off. Right. They did trim a lot of the fat. Like, Daenerys dies. Like, that's a pretty big deal. Like, Jon yep. stabs yep. Daenerys at the end. So that's not a... Did she deserve it? Well, I mean, she burned the women and the children. Uh-huh. And also, she has, like, a great kind of, like, Gollum-esque scene. Wonderful. Like, towards the end where she's, like, talking to Jon with, like, sort of the, like, the creepy smile on her face or whatever. And she's like, she's like, well, we're going to, like, like we're gonna know. Oh, yeah, oh, it's great. She does a speech where she's like, li- "We liberated the people of King's Landing," and everybody's cheering and stuff. And Tyrion's like, "How do you think she's gonna liberate other cities, man?" <laughs> <laughs> like, like she's like, "We're gonna liberate Winterfell, and we're gonna liberate Dorne, and we're gonna." And you're just sort of like, "But we liberated King's Landing," and you're like, "Like, like it's still crumbling and on fire," and you're like, "Oh, she's all the way gone." And nice. John even asks her like the question of being like. She's like, and we know what's right. Like, you and I will know what's right. Mm-hmm. And she's like, he's like, what about, like, other people that think they know what's right? She just looks at him and she's like, well, they don't get to choose. <laughs> we do. And you're just sort of like, oh, no. <laughs> like, you're like, if you if it was anything, like, any doubt in your mind left before, you're yeah. like, yep, she's. Oh, man, I'm so pleased about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's great. It's like. Yeah. And, and it's just sort of like the, the. Tyrion also has a great speech in the in the last episode of being like. We were always cheering for her because she was only killing bad people. But she's like, we never had reason to think that she wouldn't also kill good people. Like, it's just sort of been like Hmm. happenstance that her enemies happen to have been evil. Like, if her enemies are good... Doesn't matter to her. Doesn't matter. They're her enemies. So they're they're evil. Like, they're evil by virtue of being enemies to her. Like, in her mind. So they get a little little more in her headspace, I think, which is... Okay, Which is kind so of good. Cu- so cultural cornerstone has now ended. What's HBO gonna do? I don't know. There, there are a lot. I mean, apparently the Chernobyl show is really good. The Chernobyl show? Yeah, there's, uh, yeah. they're doing a miniseries about Chernobyl, huh. like a, uh, cool. uh, a dramatization of the last days of Chernobyl. Jeez, I mean, dork. Yeah. Uh, they're bringing back Deadwood. 
A movie, I thought. Yeah, yeah. something. But I mean, but there's, that's still like a an event. I mean, yeah. We just started watching the third season of True Detective, mm-hmm. and it seems real good. Oh, yeah, man, it's a rough go. Oh, no, 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 not True Detective. True, tell me about True Detective. True Detective, yeah. we're one episode in, mind you, and they seem to have uh, trimmed, like, understood that the thing that makes True Detective going on is it uh-huh. to be about a detective. Yep. <laughs> like... Like, because I mean, I think as much as I enjoyed the second season conceptually, mm-hmm. I execution-wise was all yeah. over the map, and, and I mean, and also like I didn't necessarily realize it while watching it, mm-hmm. but when you think about the fact that uh, Colin Farrell's character is not really a detective, Rachel McAdams' character is kind of a detective, and yeah. then like the cop guy is also not really a detective. Like they're not really. I think Rachel McAdams is maybe the only one who's like really invested in solving the case. Like mm-hmm. Colin Farrell is absolutely helping out um what's his name? Vince Vaughn. Like mm-hmm. it's certainly like a corrupt cop kinda on the take. And the like the regular like traffic cop. Right, is this is this whole thing building to a criticism that there aren't any detectives in there? No, but is it's really that, that big but a it, it's just that but the, the narrative is not necessarily a guy trying to solve a case. Right. There were other right, it was right. other like crime things it and wasn't more about them kind of than yeah, it was exactly. about the, any case whereas like the first one was like a case so crazy that woody harrelson and mcconaughey got like absorbed and sucked right, into it to right, all like right. like that now it to be fair it was more about them than it was about the case but not not by as wide a margin as in the certainly but it was there was definitely a character piece and this is yeah. absolutely a character piece and it's in fact it, it's working on three timelines yeah. which is kind of crazy because there's like the, the the timeline of where the kids go missing mm-hmm uh, then there's the timeline ten years after that where uh, they rope in the same guy because they say they put the wrong guy in jail. So apparently, I think some like from what I can tell, watching the first episode, like someone gets off mm-hmm. and they put another guy in jail. And then there's like a future timeline where it's kind of like a memoir situation. And he's sort of putting it together. Hmm. So like, there's multiple. There's going to be like the investigation slash the case getting reopened ten years later because they do put someone in jail in the first one, and then. I think he's like somewhere as an old man who also seems to be like kind of suffering with maybe like Alzheimer's mm-hmm. or whatever. So he keeps leaving like tapes for himself. So I'm still sub to True Detective from back when the first one was around. Right. And um, people have criticized the end of True Detective very heavily. Three? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. People people were not pleased about that one either. Mm. I'll be exci- uh, I'm like excited to hear I'm what sure, you're going to say. I'll get through it. But like it, it just seems to have the like also kind of the weird uh, – Otherworldly, sort of like like the creepy vibes that the first one had again, like like mm-hmm. like they're like the the main character is like tracking uh, someone through the woods, or whatever, and they start finding these weird little dolls and stuff. So they have huh. like, have the little little creepy edge of maybe not necessarily Lovecraft, but yeah, has that little like what now? So yeah, cool. See, so, yeah, I don't know. I think HBO needs to. They're certainly and they're bringing back Westworld. Yeah, but Westworld th- took a long. It's not it's not Game of Thrones like by yeah. any stretch. I don't think it has that same. Well, Residence. I have not talked to a single person who did not give up on season two of Westworld. Wow. A lot of people said it, it like, not necessarily jumped the shark. It just, it focused on, on aspects of the show that people weren't so much interested on. Okay. You know, and uh, they, it became like more action and go, go, go. Mm-hmm. Deb and I gave up after maybe like four or five episodes uh, and we were like way into the first season. That's cool. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, people were just joking. They were like twist, twist ending of uh, Game of Thrones. Because, like, Arya's like, what's west of Westeros or whatever? Mm-hmm. And then everyone's like, no, nah, we don't know. So she, like, sails off, and that's kind of her uh, her little bit. Which, I mean, right. also was foreshadowed by previous conversations she's had. Like, that w- it was not out of nowhere. Okay. But then people were just sort of like, it'd be, like, great if just sort of, like, it's like Arya, like, bumps into a wall and finds out that she's just at the park next to Westworld. Where it's like, <laughs> Fantasyland! <Yeah. laughs> You're just like, what? <laughs> You're like, that's and awesome. that was Game of Thrones. <laughs> Would have been a fun thing. Uh, but yeah, big season of uh, things ending. We have not watched it, but we will watch it because last week Game of uh, Game of Thrones, yeah. Game of Wick, John Wick three came out. Ooh, I have not seen it. Yet. I haven't seen it either. Yeah. But the thing that we did see together was Avengers Endgame. Yes, we did. So I mean, yeah. So this is crazy, right? Because mm-hmm. so Star Wars is ending this year. Well, not ending, but the the nine. 
Yeah, the new trilogy. Is I mean, in. like, don't for a second think that's going to slow down the the, the, the like, Star Wars machine. The, the machine? No, no, no. I th- I, I I like to imagine it more as like a sluice, uh-huh. maybe with like a well, grate. But apparently they are. I mean, this is there's only going to be one Star Wars release, which is a slightly slower. And then apparently they are going to slow down a little bit, yeah, uh, to make room for those Avatar movies that are coming out. I actually <laughs> I did read that they said they wanted to slow down for a little bit and like. Figure, figure shit yeah, out. And by giving it to the Game of Thrones guys, because, you know, they have so much cred right now with well, the entire geek community. Man, I wonder if that's going to affect their Star it Wars might. gig. Like, it really that's might. Because they're supposed to get intense. a trilogy, right? Like, really? they're giving uh, Benioff and Weiss, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they were giving them, like, their own trilogy. It wasn't going to be, like, a numbered 10, 11, 12, but it was still going to be, a, like, a, a tri- yeah, trilogy, you know? Huh. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that, like... That's intense. I feel that their market value is at least somewhat declined. Would you say that it's been snapped? Oh, I mean, no, because they weren't Marvel people. They were Game of Thrones people. Right. <laughs> and maybe they're going to get Marvel movies, too. So, yeah, we watched Endgame. Yeah. After, after I think, last episode, we were like... We are like, oh, wait, we should probably see them. Yes. Like, we've certainly... Finish, have, finish this whole thing. I have out. a pile of MCU movies on the I, list. I did, I did miss Marvel. Captain Marvel. I think that's the only one that I did not watch okay. in the end out of the whole right. shenanigans. I can tell you the ones I've missed. Iron Man 3. Yep. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yep. Uh, Doctor Strange. Yep. Man, it's on Netflix. Good you lazy Captain Marvel. Iron Man. No, I already said Iron Man 3. And yeah. Thor 2. Oh, man. That was pretty good. Thor 2? Yeah. The one with the Dark Elves? Oh... No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm confusing it now with Ragnarok. Yeah, Ragnarok was wonderful. Yeah. Ragnarok was the third one. I did. Yeah, the Dark Elves was pretty, pretty standard. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. That's it. Apparently, it was. So, Endgame, time travel. They ended the game. Makes me kind of bummed. End Game of Thrones. You know, I knew that it was coming because that's how this works. I guess. So, thought, just thoughts, John. Yeah. Thoughts on. So you've seen all. Of, you've seen them more than I have. You've even seen the bad ones. Yeah. So, yeah. thoughts. And you also were pre- you had you were not raving, but you were pretty like happy with Infinity War. Yeah, I mean, I was pretty happy with the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like it was all like, what what is the, what have all of these movies done? Mm-hmm. You basically you have the summer blockbuster, but instead of just being random stupid guys in a dumb story, it's all connected into a big friendly cast of characters you're familiar with. Right, and it's uh, they're fun dumb blockbusters. Mm-hmm. You know, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> So apparently, uh, so again, spoilers, spoilers for Endgame. Uh-huh. Um, in the very last scene of the film, they send back Captain America to go put the time, the Infinity Stones back into place. Yeah. And then he shows up as an old man. And it's very weird and it's very dumb because of the rules of time travel that we'll talk about. Because they, they basically establish that if you make a change in the past, it creates an alternate timeline. There's like two different conversations that happen in the movie about this. One, that you can't just go back and kill Thanos as a baby because it just creates an alternate reality without Thanos. It doesn't change the reality that they went forward in time from. Right. Uh, second of all, there's a conversation that Bruce Banner has with the Ancient One explaining that if whatever, how you do it. Anyway, which I mean, they, they also make like numerous... Other screw-ups in mm-hmm. time, right? Like, 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 additionally... Can we just, like... S- like, you, you don't even have to go into the specifics for this. You can just say, time travel never works. There's time all, travel if you never think works, about it but hard. I will say that up, in, up until that moment, <clears throat> they do a pretty good job of keeping their timed canon together. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, what up? Why is Cap here? But anyway, the Russo brothers were like, oh, no, but it was an alternate timeline, and we're going to explain it. Like, really? Cap, Cap, yeah. He was like, Cap did... Live out his life with uh, Margaret, something. Whatever, whatever. Chick. Agent Carter. He was way into that chick. Come yeah, on, yeah, every yeah. movie, Captain. Yeah, America yeah, yeah. Agent, Car- Agent Carter, but I can't remember her first name. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, did live out the rest of her life, his life with Agent Carter in an alternate timeline, and then traveled back into reality hmm. uh, via something or whatever. So, okay. But I was like, I was like, was that always the case, Russo brothers? Or are you saying that now because you realize that there's like, <laughs> quick, no, somebody write that down. Yeah, there was yeah. no reason for it. Because like, like I said, I mean, you would have had that same moment if he had just come back through the time machine and he could have spent his entire life and only yeah. pressed yeah. the like return button at her funeral. Okay, okay. So, there, so time travel introduced some paradoxes, problems with continuity. But we Does, can, can, let's forgive that for a moment. Yeah, yeah. 
Also potentially brings back Loki in a backhanded oh, way. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, 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 because yeah, Loki grabs picks the... picks up the Tesseract and, <laughs> and boinks out of there. Yeah, which, yeah. I mean, also creates an alternate reality to Loki. <laughs> right? Like, like, I was like, that was also a pretty major. They're like, oh, we're going to go back and put and put the uh, the Infinity Stones right back to where they were supposed to be in reality. I'm like, except the Tesseract, because that is not necessarily where it's supposed to be anymore. It's right. But it didn't leave its reality, I guess. It didn't leave its timeline. But Loki has it, as opposed to it being... Okay. In a position. Anyway, the Loki one was funny. Also, this was hilarious. <laughs> and someone pointed this out. Uh, and I had to look it up to be sure. So, the Guardians of the Galaxy in Infinity War get snapped. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, basically all of them except for Rocket. Which means uh, Groot, Drax, the Antenna Girl, Kamora, yep. <laughs> and Quill. Yeah. The best is that the Antenna Girl is referred to in Endgame as the Antenna Girl by Rocket. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, so, but Drax's backstory, not just in comics, in film, in right. the first Guardians of the Galaxy, is that half of his planet were killed by Ronan the Accuser <laughs> under the orders of Thanos, right? So, like, it was a hard way snapping or yeah. whatever, but it was like that well, he was... But his people got double snapped? Yeah, but, it, but I mean, presumably, so otherwise, right. like, shouldn't Drax be immune at this point? Because Thanos already killed half his planet. <laughs> like, I was like, so, yeah, that so is you, a bit of an oversight. It's it's not just a bit of an oversight. It also makes Thanos like a jackass because like his whole thing was that he's like it's impartial and whatever, right? right? Like he was like, everything is balanced as it should be. I guess unless you're on Drax's planet because we're gonna cut that one in half twice. And there's at least this one is a little less black and white, but there's at least like sort of I guess like allusions to the fact that Groot is in fact a one-off. At which point, snapping him doesn't make any sense either. Because he's, he's not a species. Because if he is, in fact, a unique being, then you wouldn't get snapped, right? Like, Is it possible they made these decisions about who gets snapped for reasons other than uh, storytelling consistency? I guess so. You know, that might have happened. They might have just not wanted to pay to animate some characters. <laughs> you know? Maybe that Maybe would be... Maybe for Groot, sure, but Drax is just the dude in makeup. Well, think about how and long... you can't imagine Dave Bautista's to- doing that much... Doing well, that much right now. I guess that's a good point. Yeah. I, it's not I, like they're going to make Robert Downey Jr. sit around for four hours before and after. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, for for sure, there's obviously other points. And it, what gets me is then, I guess, like so the fallout, or the fallout, the, the yeah. next chapter of the volume two of the MCU or whatever, because they're calling the first three phases, I think, volume one hmm. uh, is now what they're saying, or the, like, the Infinity Saga thing is yeah. volume one. Now they're starting volume two. Um Sort of is painting, at least the, the Spider-Man one seems to be um, drawing on the fact that there's a multiverse, mm-hmm. right? And apparently the Russo brothers were like, we absolutely knew that we were kind of setting up the potential for a multiverse, but we didn't know that like Spider-Man uh, was going to be like, like, like literally that it was going to be the next one that started kind of getting into multiverse mm-hmm. logistics, right? And then whenever I hear stuff like that, I think about... Um, what do you call it? When apparently, why am I blanking on his name? The guy who did the Last Jedi, and Ryan Rick, Johnson. Ryan Johnson. How apparently, like Ryan Johnson was just allowed to do like whatever he wants mm-hmm. with the characters, and then which is bananas. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, how is there not a little like Illuminati crew sitting there being like, okay, we're the Star Wars guys. Like, absolutely, you get to write your script and whatever. Here's a couple of points that you don't get to mess with. Here's characters you don't get to kill off. And here's maybe, let's say, end states that those characters need to be in at the end of the film so that we're moving towards this. As yeah, we also need you to associate the color red with this character in a dramatic fashion. We need you to, like, whatever. That that would make sense to building a, like an, a, a web yeah. of films connecting a gigantic, yeah, larger like, tapestry get to of storytelling. Yeah, I was like, how whatever he wanted with those yeah. characters? Like, you know what I mean? And you're like, and yeah. that's, like, sort of the narrative out of Disney is that he's just doing... He whatever. Just, he just did whatever, and now they're like, oh, let's bring back JJ to fix that. I'm like, fix what? Like, you're saying that this was a surprise? <laughs> like, that's that's why I almost I almost think it was on purpose, that he did he goofed it on purpose, because he was like, I could do whatever? Okay, guys. Wee. Wee. <laughs> you know? Mm. And I think the same thing about the MCU movies. I'm like, yeah. how are they like, whoa, Spider-Man's doing the multiverse? I was like, what? <laughs> how do you not know this? Like, yeah. I 
because there's no reason for you to say that. You're, you, there's no reason to be like, oh, we didn't know when it was going to happen or whatever. I'm like, how is there not a group of people that know exactly? Speaking what's of happening? all of that, all of this comes together under a, a big, a big banner. Okay, so uh, analyzing the whole MCU from front to back, right? Right. As as a gigantic web of storytelling, does it create a unified tapestry? Not really. That uh, to me, like as a the, the like shared universe part of all of this, mm-hmm. it was not really very successful. It still was mostly a bunch of independent films that were like kind of loosely connected, same characters, and there are like similar plot elements here right. and there. They could be... There's like an opportunity here for some storytelling that is like really, really interconnected. Right. And, and I mean, and I think that they're going to get... That they're going to head even more Somebody might experiment with it. Like, it also might be that there are suits saying, well, no, we don't want to drive away audience members who are going to feel like, oh, if they haven't seen all of the other ones, now they can't go see them. Yeah. You know? Like, maybe they don't want to go that interconnected. Yeah. But um, I think it would be... It's, there's an opportunity there for something that is that would be absolutely outrageously cool. Yeah, possibly. And I mean, you yeah. might see even more of it, right? Because they said that the new Disney Infinity or whatever the heck their new service is going to be, that the shows, the MCU shows are going to be like fully integrated into the next phases of the MCU. Because, right, like right. the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was not. Right, right, right. Yeah, and, that's another good example. And the Netflix uh, series just like paid like mild lip service. Totally. To yeah. the... Uh, to the thing, <laughs> to the to the underlying MCU, but yeah, apparently like the new like the Haw- there's gonna be like a Hawkeye show or whatever, and then it's gonna be like it fully exists within MCU. I don't even know. I don't even know what the the tr- the solution is to do that, right? Like, how do you make a movie like Infinity War that you can, or like Endgame, I should say, that you can watch without having seen Doctor Strange? Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, it, it's tricky. Because to your point, you're like, oh, if you didn't see 22 movies, you might as well skip. The end one, yeah, <laughs> you know, that like, sucks. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's it. You're like, and it's not like a, it's not exactly like a winning combination of at the box office either. If you alienate everybody except for people who've seen twenty movies yeah. to put together, I think there's a lot of like nods and stuff that I think uh, Endgame kind of did correctly, like to previous scenes mm-hmm. and whatever. Like the fact that they traveled back to some of their famous. Oh yeah, that battles. was super clever. Yeah, it yeah, was fun yeah. And stuff. So you also get to be like, remember this from those episodes, mm-hmm. the big fight scene at the end. How did that work for you? I mean, it was a big Marvel fight scene, and it was a big Marvel fight scene. Yep, there they were, punched uh, each other. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Even then, there was a bunch of there was stuff that I liked about it versus stuff that I didn't like. I like um, I like that Scott Lang tried to like hotwire a van in the middle mm-hmm. of the fight scene because I was like, yeah, play to your strengths, guy. Like, like you know <laughs> what I mean? Like when you talk about like everybody kind of getting their moments. Yeah. Like that was like to me, I was like, that was a fun moment where it's like it's not just that Ant Men can get real big. At his core, he's like a a Engineer, low yeah. a low rent thief, <laughs> you know. Like he's like he's a car thief and whatever. So him trying to like hotwire the van is kind of like yeah. That's uh, sometimes that's all he brings to the table is mm-hmm. like he's not Hank Pym. He's Scott Lang, the other one. Uh, yeah, I mean it was fine. Captain Marvel. Not, so uh, the one movie on that I didn't see, I totally didn't get. I didn't get her. So I didn't get her character. Maybe maybe I don't understand her because I didn't see the movie. But. Right. She shows up for, like, ten seconds at the start. Okay, there's big important things happening out there in the universe. Pa-pow! Flies away. Yeah, which is reasonable. Okay, I guess. Well, Sh- I mean, like... Shows fact- back up later. Doesn't put on the gauntlet when given it. Yep. And then, um... Yep. I guess that was it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, doesn't put on the gauntlet when given it, I think, is the big, the weird one. It's a one. surprise, yeah. Considering who does put it on. I mean, I guess. Like, well, yeah, Tony Stark puts it on. Yeah. Tells him. <laughs> so, weirdly more of a main character body count in a way, than Game of Thrones. <laughs> no, just like, in terms of you think of like, so Iron Man eats it, Captain America is now 100 years old, yeah. and uh, Black Widow eats it. So yeah. from like, the core Avengers, that's like three out of We're six. left with Hulk and Thor? Hulk, Thor, and Hawkeye. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Hawkeye makes it. Yeah, but Hawkeye becomes a 19-year-old emo kid. Because <laughs> his family got snapped. Yeah. <laughs> Go real sad. <laughs> the worst part is, do you know why he wasn't in the first one? Budget? So there's no, <laughs> there's a movie out called Tag. Okay. Uh, based on, like, based on a true story where it's a real life group of friends. This is what the true story is. Who mm-hmm. I think played a never-ending game of Tag. I think, but only in the month of May or whatever. Okay. So obviously, it just it just takes this up to a weird level and all that stuff. And there's like some weirdly intense stunt work huh. that happens from Hawkeye whose name escapes me at this point. Yep. 
Uh, I can see him. Yep, I can see him perfectly. Jeremy Renner. Yep. Yeah. Okay, very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeremy Renner's character is the—he's like they're like oh so like, um, you're like he, he's never he's never lost whatever. It's like it's more than he's he's never lost. Like he's never been hit. And you're like what? <laughs> and it's just sort of like since we were eight years old and we started like they're all grown men. They're like since we were eight years old. He's never been hit, and it's uh-huh. like, it, and it's like this. So there's like weirdly, it's mostly a comedy. It's with uh, Ed Helm, uh, Ed Helm, John Hamm, Jake Johnson, and Jeremy Renner are the main. That sounds like a pretty decent it is, cast. It's, it's yeah. an absolutely yeah. Rashida Jones uh, plays awesome. uh, back. I think Amy Adams might be in there too. Like it's good cast. It's pretty fun. Hmm. But anyway, apparently he, one of the stunt scenes went awry, and he broke both of his arms. Holy shit. So he even has, like, he has weird, like, CG arms even in the tag film so that they could, like, finish <laughs> so that they could finish off the movie. But, yeah, he broke both of his arms, so he was not able to be Hawkeye. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine the amount of money that that cost him. $20 million accident. Whoops. Whoopsie-doodle. I don't get 20. To... Is that what they all get? I don't know. Probably. It's like... Millions. Like it would they, be they millions, must, they yeah. must like Un- bare, undoubtedly. At a bare minimum, I'm sure nobody's pull- taking home less than a million dollars to be in one of those. And that's yeah. like bare minimum. Yeah. With, I'm sure like guys like Downey. And so do, do, you, do you recommend Avengers Endgame? Um, I guess to anyone who wants to see how it ends, yeah. <laughs> like, again, it, it's, I feel it's the most skippable Marvel movie, like in lots of ways. Because it, you you know you especially if you saw Infinity War, because mm-hmm. you know what happens, which is they fix it, and then now there's going to be some more movies. Mm-hmm. So, but like that's some people die, some people die, know. and I mean, and I mean, without a doubt, I feel that when you watch the next, I mean, the trailer for the next Spider-Man movie makes it real clear which one of those people who die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Know, like, they literally released the trailer of Spider-Man, where showing like, it right before. Well, and they're just sort of like. What's the shadow of uh, now that Iron Man's gone or whatever? Oh, that was the other thing that I wanted to mention mm-hmm. though, about that Spider-Man opening up the multiverse. Apparently, one of the, fees, the, the reasons Sony was so gung-ho about opening up uh, a Marvel multiverse is that they want to introduce, because Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was such a smash hit mm-hmm. and won an Academy Award. There are gonna, going to be so many animated fucking Spider-Man well, There's going to be so many animated movies, but yeah. it's also they want to bring Miles Morales into the MCU because he is now a... Character, right. right? Like people are now like, oh, we that can, movie yeah. that we that made like four hundred million dollars at the box office. Why don't we have that guy in Marvel movies? You, yet? Know, you don't think there's, there's a danger opening up this multiverse thing and turning into like a Rick and Morty style? I mean, I hope it does. Everything is meaningless in the, yeah, in the yeah. multiverse. We can always hop into another one and yep. f- get us another Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Oh shit, Doc Ock killed ours today. I'm gonna go get one from another universe. Yep. Well, I mean, I think that for sh- for sure they're gonna. I mean, they no longer have the Infinity Stones, right? So right. nobody, I think, has the ability to pop in and out of reality, except for maybe we'll, not even. What about Strange? He doesn't have do the Infinity Stone. They had to put them back in time. His stone is gone. Right. His stone was killed by Thanos. So yeah, there's no stones in this reality anymore, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, because. Cap, no, 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 but okay, but you can still do universe hopping stuff in other manners. You could do high high level magic, but I mean, right. I think it's it's less easy. What about the big machine under New York? I mean, that's in Spider Verse. I know, yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but, I mean, but like, isn't that for sure? But I mean, but like, but they certainly, I feel, don't have a they don't have a free pass on multiverse okay. jumping. Okay, okay. Right is what I'm saying. Well, like, we'll see. They 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 open the door to time travel, right? You might end up with a whole season of time travel stupidity. Right, and I and I told you, I feel that I know how they're going to fix it. Is someone is going to smash that machine, and then with Tony Stark being dead, like they established that both like Pym and Banner don't have the like their heads around time travel the way Tony did. Right. So right, right. I think they're going to be like, yo, without Tony, it's like it's too unstable. Right? Because like, they establish it. Like, they do you establish gotta, that. You've got to hope that they do because they, you open that Pandora's box of storytelling garbageness. Yeah, exactly. That's it. it so if they, break, if, they break, if they break the machine, right, like they said, they, they kind of, like in retrospect, almost go out of their way to be like, the other super geniuses don't really get it. And then they kill the yeah. one who does. You know, like, so they do have, I think, an out to rem- like at least take time travel off the table, which mm-hmm. is there's no more Infinity Stones. Even Strange doesn't have the Time Stone anymore. And all they need to do is smash Tony's machine. And fingers crossed. Time travel doesn't go. Um, 
You're looking so, at your phone like something important's happening. Well, I mean, right? we're gonna. I think we're gonna rank Endgame. Is yeah. What we're gonna oh, do. yeah. Let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the goal of all of this. This is the goal of watching any movies ever. Is to put them to on put, a list. Put them on the list. I mean, okay. So where wherever Infinity War is, I feel it is. Go to um, maybe just above. <clears throat> well, if you go like this is gonna go below. Um, if we just start going down, but like below, below Ragnarok, below Homecoming, definitely. So Infinity War is wow. Infinity War is high. Yeah, thirty-eight. Eh. I mean, I feel that just above Infinity War, maybe because I liked it better than Infinity War. Same here. But then less I, than Black Panther. But then I, less I than Black. It, I liked it better than Black Panther. Really, I liked yeah. it less than Black Panther. Killmonger was a better villain than Thanos. Is still true, as per Scott. Like there was no villain even. Well, it was Thanos Mark II. Yeah, they or just, Mark Zero. Yeah, they just brought back Thanos for a last fight, and it was just like, and Thanos just kind of lucked into it by. Uh, I, I read this big Nebula thing. sharing the same neural net. Somebody <laughs> did a analysis of like, okay, in this scene, Thanos is able to defeat so and so and so and so and so, oh, so. and then in this scene, Thanos dude, is. It's like all over the place. It doesn't all make of, any I mean, sense. Welcome to Game yeah. of Thrones, and how strong are dragons? Yeah. Question mark. Like, <laughs> how big are they too? How big are they? How strong yeah. are they, dude? So this thing happens in. <laughs> Game of Thrones, where I get it, and I guess there's a concussive force coming out of the dragon's breath. Wait, but like, but when she like torches King's Landing, she's like, the dragon's like, and like stone buildings are just exploding. And I'm like, <laughs> yo, man, have I put a flamethrower on a stone building? It doesn't just like explode into smithereens. That's amazing. And like, it just and like not just like once or twice. Like it is, she just like raises the city, and you just see stone buildings. Just obliterating up and like stones flying. You're like, what? Right. And then an episode earlier, they one of them got like killed by a bunch of arrows. So you know, whatever. <laughs> Thanos, Thanos and dragons, man. How do they work? Like, I cannot. Like, honestly, I can't see it. If it does get past Black Panther, I can't see it getting past in Bruges. Like, the writing was just so lazy. Like it was. Um. Yeah. I. I mean, we could do the, We could do it there above Black Panther, below in Bruges. But um, I feel like the you know in in five years we're gonna look at this list and we're gonna go to all of these Marvel things and we're gonna be like, eh. yeah, you know. I mean, it's the not it's like it's like the most Marvel of the Marvel movies. Yeah, like, as I'm saying, like, the ones that have gone above that point are like Thor Ragnarok, which I feel I could go back and watch and have like a solid a good time. chuckle at. Yeah. Guardians Two is all right, but it's still low and still overrated for where it is on the list. Spider Man Homecoming also I would put like well above it. It's like a fine. Spider-Man movie. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, but yeah, like we've done a good job, I think, of keeping these Marvel movies mostly out of the out of the upper reaches. Yeah, they're still. Well, maybe we just need more movies that are that are like not the greatest films of all time, and then above well, I mean, those. I, I know, feel that it, the Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back is is greatly greatly elevated yeah. on uh, by virtue of our fandom. Well, absolutely, like, absolutely. How self indulgent could we possibly get? Anywho. Uh, number 20. 30. 30 <laughs> no, 30. 30. Six. Yes, it is the new 36. No, it's the new 37. Just below in Bruges, just above Black Panther. And yeah, is the, the one of the Russo brothers was asked, like, what's your favorite moment? Or no, Kevin Feige, I think, the, yeah. the guy who's, who is supposedly the man running all of MCU. Yeah. Just, I think, said that his favorite moment was the on your left moment when the portals open up. And I was like, that literally made me, like, cringe. Yeah. And everybody's here now. <laughs> all the people who are dead are back. Yeah. Yeah. Spider-Man Home, or Spider-Man Home Away From Home, again, makes me, looks good. Mm-hmm. It makes me happy. The, the Spider-Man movies, I think, are now my... I mean, who knows? Maybe Guardians. Guardians might get real good again. With um, Thor is going to be involved? Thor back, and the Thor yeah. Guardians vibe is super cool. You could easily have some Hulk in there, too. Yeah, that's you know, it. No problem. I mean, it's fine. Yep. But yeah, Thor Thor hanging out with the Guardians, I think, is very fun. Mm-hmm. Even even just like that, like, some the... All the best moments in the movie are basically Thor or Guardians based mm-hmm. in in Endgame. I think like all of the, I think also when we did we we didn't really mention uh, the movie runs three hours long or a little over three maybe even and it doesn't feel that long which is an accomplishment of itself very much. Um, so. Although to be fair, the first third I would say is a little self indulgent with feeling little. feeling how sad everybody is because half of everybody's that, dead. Boohoo! And I was gonna holy say, holy shit, man! Fucking an hour of of boohoo. That's where I hated it the most. Was yeah. when like Hawkeye and yeah. Black Widow Emo were like, Hawkeye. my family, 
<sighs> they turned it into death. I'm going to go and kill some people and be real edgy with my hair. Yeah, and everyone's just like real – like like the weird dramatic scenes were the worst ones. Yeah. And I mean like cause I don't think everybody has the acting chops to pull that stuff off. I'm like maybe RDJ like yeah. – you know what I mean? Like, like he did it kind of – He's I think, been coasting for a while though. Sure, but I mean, like his little thing when he's hanging out with Nebula and his little recording over to Pepper, that was like mm-hmm. heartfelt, you know, and like it was at least it was all right. It was melodra- melodramatic and over the top, yeah. but I mean, but it's absolutely. I always kind of like when I'm watching the Marvel movies, be like, would I accept this in a comic? And that is absolutely like a oh. comic, a well, comic book absolutely. monologue. There's, you know, there's so much of this. All of this, I feel like, is is like it feels like a comic book. It's like a bunch of quick action scenes yep. and a little bit of exposition yeah, and yeah. whatever. There it is. Thor being fat, we didn't talk about though. Yeah. That's the best. Is there much to say about that? I mean, he's funny. fat and it's the best. Funny as hell. But and the thing that it does that I did appreciate so much, like remember in Battlestar Galactica when uh, Adama, like the little younger Adama, got fat and then was like, oh man, I'm fat, and then he like skips some rope or whatever, and then like they arrange like a couple months in the future and he's just back to being shredded again. Sure. What I like about this is that for basically the entirety of the movie, Thor doesn't really try to re- like redeem himself nope. that much. Like, like he does kind of end up with a bit of a redemption, but it's just sort of like, yeah, I'm fat now and this doesn't matter, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, he's not like, when, when they're like, you, you should come with us, we need your help. He does go with them, but he's not like, you're right, and I've been making a mess of my life. He's just like, whatever, I guess I'll come with you now. And it was just like, it, it's, in a movie that I think played very like paint by numbers with everything i think it was the almost the only like interesting choice they did was that he like doesn't when he decides to go along with them he doesn't man up to become a hero he just goes along with them because he has nothing better going on like it was was certainly unexpected yeah and 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 honestly that's like better storytelling that redemption story is boring boilerplate fucking hero yeah but just a dude being like whatever and then like when even as a big fat ass like still can throw down because he's still thor god of thunders he doesn't need to like hit the gym or whatever to know how to swing a hammer like he's still like yeah i can still fight this thanos guy (laughs) like yeah yeah captain america picked up the hammer did that happen uh yeah he spun it around a whole bunch yeah um so yeah they've also kind of talked about that that supposedly that scene in one of the other age of ultron where he kind of like picks it up and it moves a little bit mm-hmm. he said that oh cap was being nice people have said that like he, like, he probably could have picked it up then even and he didn't want to like hurt thor's ego Feelings. which is how he knew that he could pick it up because there's kind of no reason right. to imagine why he would have grabbed it all right i dig i dig yeah I yeah, like yeah. It. so but he like and and also like cap would spare someone's feelings. absolutely he you know? would like you it's, it's i bet the hammer would dig that yeah <laughs> <laughs> and like yeah and certainly even like thor would too yeah. like like you know, Thor is all about his ego. If he saw someone else wielding Mjolnir, he'd be like, nah. So, yeah, so apparently that's... I don't know. Thor would be about laughing in somebody's face. Yeah. Also. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, no. I, like, Thor's Thor's storyline, I think, was the only one I kind of... Storyline cared about. Yeah. Overall. Like, and the fact that he, I think, changed the most as a character in the result of Endgame. Mm-hmm. Uh, so There's a little bit too much Nebula. I don't know. Didn't, didn't Don't take that character... Quite as much as the uh, the others. Yeah. Space cyborgs. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. I kind of like, but they, they needed a reason to figure out what they did. And the reason they came up with was not the craziest either, right? Nope. If you're, if you're nope. in weird mesh AI neural net territory. It did make me spend a lot of time thinking about how they can have faster than light communication. Yep. And what that really means for causality. And it doesn't mean good things. You know, people just kind of brush that under the... Oh, yeah, because, like, they're on... Uh, like, Captain Marvel is on another Right. And speaking, planet. that means her voice is going back in time. That's how that works, right? And not just her voice. Like, yeah. an entire, like, 3D projection of her. So it's, like, it's even more complicated yeah. than just the data of voice. It's the data of voice and a full 3D rendering of her. Maybe. Anywho. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, don't, don't, get, don't get bogged down in the science, bro, of the Marvel movies. So Avengers Endgame. Yep. There it is. It's all done. Yep. It's all done. And Do you think you could say, I'm not going to watch any more of that crap? Mm, I think I'm pretty satisfied with my current how I watch Marvel movies, mm-hmm. which is if people tell me they're really good and I should go see them, I go see them. Mm-hmm. And then if I don't get those like uh, recommendations, I kind of miss them, which is like I, I'm at five that I've skipped. And basically mm-hmm. from the like... Either people saying they were pointless. The only one I feel that like people told me that I should watch that I haven't is Doctor Strange, because even people honestly, say, 
if you if, like go see that one if you want to have like the completion of Marvel. Don't don't bother if you right. Yeah. Uh, but like I'm excited. Like Spider Man's always been my boy. Yeah. I will go see Spider Man. I will go see the new Guardians one. Yeah. I will go see the new Taika Waititi project, which is apparently a Marvel project. But I mean, I've also seen all of his movies, mm-hmm. so I wouldn't like. Why would I hold it being a Marvel movie against it? And apparently, apparently, it's going to be more like Valkyrie, Korg, and Meek centric, which hmm. is going to which is going to be interesting because that'll potentially be, have him not necessarily needing to manipulate one of the main Avengers. Yeah. Right. Which I mean, so with that he he could make. That Creative movie. freedom. He can make that movie whatever he wants. Because do we care about the sanctity of Valkyrie's character? Like he can do whatever he wants with that character, and no one's gonna. There aren't massive Valkyrie fanboys mm-hmm. around like the way there would be with Thor, right? For sure. So yeah, like I said, like those are basically the only three ones that I'm interested in. I mean, like Black Panther two. If people say it was amazing, like like Marvel movies I've seen in theaters. Uh, Guardians one and two. Endgame, Infinity War. Mm-hmm. That is like, and, then, and that's been like the last, what do you call it, like five, six years? Like, there's been a lot of movies coming out in theaters, and I've seen four of them, and they were the ones to like wrap it up. Mm. So, like I said, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm like, I'm done with MCU, but I mean, I think that my current approach of like going to see the ones that people, or not even going to see, like, go, seeing the ones that people say are good way after the fact, I think are kind of the, yep. the way yep. to go yep. 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 at yep. this point. Uh, we've almost run the hour. Do you have any anything else? We were like, I did watch Tiptoes. I was, but we're gonna save uh, that. We'll I save that for Scott. Scott. Well, I did watch the thing with Debbie, which was the good o- fun. Mr. Yep. Carpenter's, yeah, it's nineteen eighty three, eighty one. Yeah, early eighties. I think early eighties. Um, uh, H.P. Lovecraft, somewhat uh, masterpiece. Yep. Uh, horror film. So good. You know, I I was I was struck this time going through it thinking that there's a version of this that could be done that went subtle rather than slasher Cronenberg body horror that would be, like, crazy cool. I'm sure it's been done. Well, we we had... uh, I can't remember her name. Sophie something and Mm -hmm. Jimmy, uh, who did La Bête Noire uh, Horror Theater Festival uh, back in the spring. Uh, They had it on the show, and we talked about horror movies you'd want to see turned into horror theater mm-hmm. uh the obvious one is like the black woman or whatever which was originally written as a theater piece i think there was like a donald radcliffe movie that came the out woman in black i think woman it was called black. there we go yeah. uh but yeah I, the, I feel like a low-key thing mm-hmm. could be done as a stage piece and it would be like amazing that would be pretty fucking cool especially if you could get some kind of weird special effect the yeah. eye glint or whatever you know yeah, to yeah, indicate yeah yeah, if they're, if they're, like however you pulled it off, I feel that yeah. a well-executed stage piece of the thing where you just have the one set and it's the Arctic base and that's yeah. it. Like anything outside, you could kind of write around to, or, yeah. to sort of imply that it happened. You could even have it just like you could have like blackout and like dialogue mm-hmm. happening outside or whatever to get the idea. Like you know what I mean? Like there's there's ways you could do it, and then you never need to show the monster. The, the other thing is there'd be a lot less flamethrowers. In a stage production, you know, I noticed that there was a lot of flamethrowers in Antarctica. I just like one. What are you doing with those things? Maybe you're gonna flamethrow if there's like too much ice on your skidoo thing. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's what they're I, there for, right? Yeah, that's exactly. It? I do imagine. I do imagine there being like more of a need for flamethrowers than you suspect. When but everybody... that's still less than the number of flamethrowers that were in the movie, right? <laughs> which are everybody has, which a are like seven. <laughs> That's not uh, true. There's like two, but it's still ridiculous. Yeah, they're they're there. So I mean, yeah, I guess tell tell us about the thing on the rewatch. I haven't rewatched it probably since college, but um, I do remember like I remember watching it first as a as a young man mm-hmm. and it being like horrifying, yeah. and then watching it I think then with the like a more keen horror eye and thinking it was like brilliant. I think that's part of why this movie, if it, like, is still talked about so belovedly as it is today, is mm-hmm. that it functions on a lot of different levels as a horror movie. Yeah. So there is the like Cronenberg body horror of these mutating this mutating thing. Do I, do I have to? We have to explain like what the plot well, no, of this I mean, movie is in general. Not the plot, but I mean like, but certainly. So here's, what, here's why, the broad what, strokes. Twenty nineteen. What is what is good about it? Well, just in general. So the thing the thing is like scientists are down in Antarctica. They um, a dog runs into the camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, being p- being followed by a helicopter with people that are trying to shoot the dog. Mm-hmm. People are like, "What the fuck's going on? Don't shoot that nice dog!" And they get on. The people die. Turns out the bu- the dog has an alien monster in it that invades people's bodies, takes over the body. At this point, is it 
And it is heavily alluded to that it is not just an alien, that it's hell, right? Like, Really? I didn't get that whatsoever. Oh. Then maybe Prince of Darkness is where they kind of leave. Like, yeah, leave Prince of Darkness is, it does, does that stuff. Right. Okay. You no, know, even in this one, the movie opens with a shot of an alien ship flying through space and then oh. crash landing on a planet. And um, so obviously that's, that's, that's okay. what this Sorry. is. Anywho, the, um, uh, so... There, there's, like, stages of the alien taking over people's bodies. So right. on one stage, you can see people's flesh being mutated and doing horrifying things. In particular, and this... Okay, well, I'll come back to this. But they, they, they break conservation of mass really badly in this movie. Where you have, like, a little dog, and then it's like... Tetsuo arm... Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, what I mean? But, like, they did that in Akira. Like, maybe not make a ton of sense of it. Yeah, okay, whatever. It, Debbie, Debbie was like, I liked it a lot, except that. That was very strange. Right, but... I mean, maybe what if they just increase the space between the atoms, and that's the level that they're okay. Okay. Anyway, I'm just saying. So they, you know, you know I'm not saying it's aliens, but so so then aliens. there's a good, the, you know, it starts with the, the like I said, the Cronenberg body horror, but then you also have a very good psychological horror level because you don't know who's been taken over and who has not right. at any particular time. Yep. And you know, the scientists are on the base. They get split up. They go outside into the cold. They get back together. Oh no, so and so is a monster now. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Um. What else is there to say about that? So it, like it, it, so it doesn't age poorly? Because like, I found when we watched Prince of Darkness, yeah. it got a little hokey. Still some visual yeah. effects that were amazing. But yeah. in my mind, and this is just straight mind conjecture, in my mind, Thing was better than Prince of Darkness. It was. aged better than Prince it, of Absolutely. Darkness. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's, it's something about like devil, demon... Type of hokiness goes to a different yeah, place yeah. than like alien taking over your body hokiness. Right. This one, like the, the the special effects, obviously they're all practical. It's eighty three. Yeah. Um, you could tell they're special effects, but they're still good. You know, yeah, they're yeah. still really, really good and really gross and fucking disgusting. And they have great mo- like shots of people with two of their heads mashed together into a single screaming, you know, yeah, yeah. entity. Love it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll, I will. It's so unfortunate. That, like, the practical effects are kind of have been, like, completely usurped by CG. By CG. Well, so, there are times where it works. There you are know? times where it works and there's times where it doesn't. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, to me, like, the, the, the be-all, end-all of, like, practical effects trumping whatever is, like, the, the first Alien movie where you're, like, you don't see it a bunch. Yeah. But like, boy, God, when you see it, are you like that well, is that is a dripping slick? Now hold on, hold on. There, thing. there are shots in Alien where the thing is running and it looks all wobbly and goofily because it because it's the guy in the suit and he can barely move. Alien One, yes, I know an Aliens definitely. Alien One, Aliens definitely has it as well. Alien One has there's one or two shots where like clear shots of him running. You can that tell that he's, yeah, it's not great. But like, but that but it looks good in the stills and the slow creep. That's why you get a lot of that. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and it's so good. But when it gets up when it gets up in Ripley's face, you're like. Like CG yeah, would look CG like doesn't match that CG whatsoever. would look like just like hot garbage in that moment. I mean, and that was I always thought um, we didn't really talk about it because there isn't anything to talk mm-hmm. about. It hasn't started yet. But on the list of things that are ending in 2019 is Stranger mm-hmm. Things. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I feel that like Stranger Things, especially that it's set in the 80s, would have benefited so hard from the effects being practical. Mm-hmm. Like from it not being CG. They were partially practical, right? Some of, but like yeah. the 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 Demogorgon was a CG thing. Obviously, the little. Yeah. Uh, D'Artagnan, the little slug monster, yeah. was the CG thing. But like, just some of those things. If it had been like more practical effects, they could have even looked hokey. But thematically, it, it would have been perfect. perfect. It would have been like so perfect. Oh, man. Anyway, the movie famously ends with um, the main character escaping with one of the other main characters. Mm-hmm. But then there's like the the guess is one of them actually infected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which so like that that too is part of the like the the things a horror movie can do, and in this case, do right. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I thought it was great. Oh. It was a, you want to throw it on the list? I, I feel think it the do. thing should be on the list. I feel it should be. Uh, admit that in, in the end, like, it, it, it falls more on the, like, action horror mm-hmm. side of things than it does on the, like, psychological or thriller horror side of things. And more than I expected. And more than I, I prefer in my horror movies. Like, I would have preferred if they had done a more low-key, mm-hmm. psychological, they're all, so, like, not trusting each other kind of thing. I... But, I, you know, it's still... Looking yeah. at this, yeah, I kind of see it going like from what I remember, and you can kind of answer me. Yeah. I see it kind of going in between he- hereditary and don't breathe. Uh, that is sort really. of where I see it. Which I mean, oh, I very... still see it above hereditary. Did you see hereditary? Yeah, it's so good. Hereditary was so good. 
Oh man, I just watched this this great little cracked video talking about how the kid was always Paimon from the beginning. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, hundred percent. Yeah, so good. <laughs> no, but like if you get, I have to watch it again with that in mind. I didn't, I didn't, like I didn't put it together in the. Yeah, yeah. When you get yeah. in, when you get into the meta meta of hereditary, it gets like even better. Yeah. <laughs> like when like all the weird little symbols. But then, like I said, I it's can't still see. not the thing, yo. Sure, but from what you were saying, though, like it's it has those little like weird action he misses. Because then you're, then you're getting up into real good, uh, which I mean it could do, could do, could do. Like Get Out is kind of a horror movie. Yeah, would it go over Get Out? Yeah, it's pretty tough. Like, I think we're in the right. But then we have oh. Alien that's all the way up there, which is definitely a horror movie. Yeah, but I mean yeah. it's below Alien. I put yeah. it below uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I put it below Terminator. Yeah. Uh, Dunkirk was so good. I can't believe you guys haven't seen Dunkirk. I saw Dunkirk, dude. It was fucking great. So good. Like I'm yeah. always like, man, that's high. But then I think about it, and I'm like, but it's so good. Like for what it does, Dunkirk is so good. Yeah. Um, Terminator Two Judgment Day might go below Terminator Two Judgment Day. I think. Above Hackers? Yeah, I would easily put it there. Done and done. All right. Below Terminator Two. Yeah. Above Hackers. Um. So I guess that was the ninety S. Everybody. Yes, it was. Thank you for listening. Tell your friends about this show. Because if you don't tell your friends, John won't tell anybody. I won't also if you do, though. (laughs) Hi. Thanks for sticking around to the very end of this show. That means you're our number one fan. As our number one fan, maybe you're wondering a way that you can show your support for this. We've set up a few ways, and the boys are going to tell you about it now. If you like this show, you might know other people that like this show, or maybe they'll like some of the other stuff that we're doing on the website. If that's the case, you can tell them all about it using all of the social networks, like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're on all of those. Or you could just you know, send people links directly to the website. Or if you live in a world without the internet and you only listen to podcasts, you can tell people about it with your human mouth. There's other ways we could support us, John. If your interest in supporting us extends to the financial section, you might consider patreon.com slash 9to5cc. If you go there, you can get perks like early content, you can get your questions answered on the air, and you can get extra art. We've been doing this show for a long time, so we kind of know what we're doing. Not really. 9to5.cc. <laughs> Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.